The base camp. The base camp. The base camp. It's December 30, 2020. This is Rare Encounter, Encounter number 25. And in the scuppers with the staggers and jags, I'm Abel Kirby. And locked down but not out, I'm Cold Acid. And we have breaking flavor news, people. Flavor news alert! That's the flavor news. <laughs> it's Klaxon. We have flavor news today on Rare Encounter. As you... Uh, Hit me with the flavor news. It, it turns out McCormick, our uh, company which earlier had bought uh, our favorite hot sauce brand, or my favorite uh, hot sauce brand, Cholula, has... They've done it again. They bought another company. This one's called Fona. Yeah, I've never heard this company. Yeah, Fona... And it's a funny name, Fona. It almost sounds like phony. They make artificial flavors. And uh, as f- I can't find a single reference to something that they've made that, I, uh, that I've consumed. But I have the sinking suspicion that there's a lot of Fona in, uh, in the food out there. I just haven't heard of it. I think they make those ingredients where you don't recognize what the words are on there. Oh, the weird chemicals? Yeah, they, they, they do artificial flavors. And so uh, McCormick has bought them for $710 million, which is just a little less than... That's a lot of money. It's just a little less than they did for uh, Cholula. But still, for a company I hadn't heard of, you know, Fona. Man, so I was checking out their website, and they had a couple things on there. One is they offer training. If you want to be like a flavor technician, I think is what they call it, they offer classes um, at Food University. And f- or I'm sorry, fla- uni- Flavor University. I botched that one. Flavor U. Flavor U. So you can graduate. Uh, it, here's their tagline. Have a knowledge gap when it comes to flavor? We have you covered. And they actually have, uh, they canceled all their courses this year, but they have courses called Flavor 101. They have special sessions with the Flavor Radar. Artificial intelligence and the future of flavor. Uh, that's coming up. Uh, I don't know if that's coming up in March. Or uh, if that's uh, something that just never got updated and from last year, <laughs> this year, I suppose. Oh, brother. But, uh, yeah, they got Flavor 101, Flavor Hits the Road, Beverage Flavor 201. You know, they got all the college class stuff. Good Lord. Yeah. So, I don't know. There's your breaking flavor news. And also, we're talking about food. I forgot to do this last time. So, this time I've corrected it. And I've got a, uh, well, I call them younglings, but I, it's a uh, yangling. I think, but I call it youngling, like uh, like it's Star Wars. Uh, black and tan, which was interesting. I've had young, yangling before, but uh, I've never had the black and tan. And uh, it's just a beer, normal porter beer. Uh, shouldn't be anything special about it. Shouldn't be anything terrible about it either. So, I just got a Doritos again tonight. Yeah, Same it's here. actually been a while. The last uh, the last few times when I went out for burritos, I didn't bother getting a drink. This time around, I did, but I also had much earlier burrito than usual. Mmm, an early burrito. Yeah, I've been... So, uh, last weekend, I went and bought a lot of pork. It, I noticed it was on sale at the grocery store, and so I... Usually, I don't buy more than uh, a day or two ahead of my meal planning. I usually go to the grocery store and buy, you know, just... Pork today, you say. today, yeah, but they and had it was, a, pork on deal deals on pork. I thought that was just a Washington D.C. thing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, well, they were having their pork. I was having my pork, and I cooked that in a Dutch oven, slow cooked it with uh, some Budweiser beer. Um, 
so you can say what you want about Budweiser in terms of the beer, uh, uh, drinking the beer, but uh, when it comes to slow cooking meat, uh, I'm of the opinion it's the best thing to pour around it. And so I had the Dutch oven, Budweiser, pork, and I I have a big Dutch oven and I could barely fit all of it inside. And, and so all I've had for the past couple of days, I had pork, I had pulled pork, I had pork and beans, I had pork and rice, I've had pork sandwiches. And by this time, I am so sick of goddamn pork. I never want to see another uh, pig in my life. Ugh. Yeah, you're saying that now, but just wait till rib season starts. Yeah, yeah. But that's me. I've been, I've been, uh, I bought too much and now I have to eat it all. And I still have like, I probably got two through two thirds of it. I still have a little bit to go, so it's going to last me till Friday, I think. Damn. Yeah. Uh, I will say that Bud is probably good for doing beer can chicken. I know that's not pork, but uh, it it seems to be more usable not as a drink, but as a uh, but as a cooking ingredient. <laughs> yeah, cleaning agent maybe. I don't know. There's there's some of those ketchup. Uh, you can clean brass with that. Well, that's because of all the vinegar that's in ketchup. Yeah. <laughs> you could just use vinegar and probably cheaper, too. You can use Pepsi to get the uh, teeth out of your dentures. Yeah, you can use Pepsi to get your <laughs> get teeth, teeth out of your mouth. Just to get your teeth out, period. <laughs> oh, dear. Uh, what do we have in Baltimore news? Uh, we had Baltimore Police Department's in a spat now with uh, this local... Uh, they had a contract that they've been talking about for just to give you some background. I'm trying to figure out where I need to start with this. Uh, where they had a uh, surveillance company was going to fly uh, vehicles. And I think they were manned. I think they were actually airplanes. They were going to fly around uh, over Baltimore and photograph everything on a regular basis for eight hours a day, every day. And it was just going to be the surveillance spy plane spying on everyone there. And the... The reason they gave is all the typical reasons they do this crap, which is, oh, we're going to reduce crime. And um, the only person who I could see publicly stand up uh, for it was this guy, Brendan Scott, who used to be on one of the councils. But now he's actually the new elected mayor of uh, Baltimore. And so now that the Baltimore Police Department's in this contract dispute with this company, he's the he's the only also the only one saying, yeah, I don't know if this was a good idea. I voted against it when it came around, and uh, I don't think we need this kind of surveillance. And he couches it like, uh, you know, uh, it's it's just a waste of money. He he doesn't quite go out and make the privacy argument, which I wish he would do, um, but I guess he's a Democrat, so he can't quite say that. But the way he's acting seems like it. it at least there's a little consideration that maybe. Uh, this isn't the best idea for the citizens of Baltimore is just to have a taxpayer money paying for a, for a plane spying on them all day. So my question about this is, who revoked the Baltimore Police Department's access to the birds? The birds? <laughs> yeah, you know, birds yeah. aren't real. Jack Dorsey took their uh, dev key away. <laughs> <laughs> they just they went the way of, what was that, Hootsuite or something? Remember when Twitter used to have... Uh, its own independent, uh, its own family of apps. You know, you had the official Twitter app, but then you had a bunch of other ones. And you had, um, they were given out. I these miss keys. the third-party yeah. apps. They were always so much better than the actual like Twitter website or their their own native app. Yep, and they got rid of them that same way. They started revoking keys, and they said, "Well, you know, you have too many, uh, you have too many users on this. So we're, your key's only good for the first, uh, the first ten million or the first million users." You remember you remember back in the day when there were the Mac clones? Twitter essentially appled 
their uh, their app ecosystem the same way that uh, Apple killed off the Mac clones. Yeah. Oh well, that's a shame. I'm, I'm well, completely. There's much off. better stuff out there, anyways. I mean, the, yay for the Fediverse. Yeah, I'm I'm all in with the Fediverse now. I told you privately, but I deleted my Twitter the other day, and uh, feels good, man. And I I don't miss it at all. And I haven't, I don't expect I'll miss it because I uh, purposefully, before I deleted it, um, didn't use it for anything for, I think, the better part of a month or two. Um, it's been a while since I even had it installed or looked at it. So, yeah, Fediverse is where it's at. I still use it. I'm sad to say I still use it both personally and professionally. I'm probably not going to be getting rid of my accounts anytime soon. But uh, I try to avoid it as much as possible. Yeah, I've the Fediverse is something fun. Um, the the discovery of I, I found a bunch of podcasts on there from you know the shitposter.club group, which yeah, I think I, I see like you those SPC it. people. <laughs> yeah, they have an anime podcast too. I was listening to, uh, and uh, it's good. You know, I wouldn't have found this these guys at all if it weren't for the Fediverse. And you know, they're doing a bit where they're reviewing the anime of the decade. They have uh, their own French Canadian also. Uh, oh yeah there's two of them apparently and they uh you know the idea that that's one community and that's kind of their their uh their home you know server but our server the no agenda social server which i guess is my home server is where i'm signed up to you know we can still talk back and forth we can see each other's toots and and uh you know it's uh it's something special it it the more I think about it, the more I think that this is, or the more I conclude that this is the way things need to go. And I used to be skeptical. Adam Curry would go off on, on, I remember him saying something like, well, Jack Dorsey, you know, Twitter needs to get on into the Federation somehow. And they, it's essential for, to their business to do that. And I remember listening to that saying, ah, oh, that's a, you know, it's whatever. It's Adam being, he's, he's uh, making these statements and, you know, as, how much do you want to, uh, how much do you want to uh, believe that it's true and how much of it is just a little bit of hype? And I'm coming around. I'm starting to think that this is the way things should be. And I think the, oh, the more people see Oh, it's definitely the way things should be. And I think it's just a better experience, too. And it doesn't cut you off the way uh, if one person had a Twitter account and one person had a different kind of uh, competing, like Quitter or one of these other uh, sites that were alternatives to Twitter before uh, the Fediverse was prominent. The uh, a lot of the, those the, were the still way... kind of federated, but they had its own, it had its own federation system. The old GNU social servers. I think the hooks, and I know Twitter wants to keep those hooks as deep as they can inside everyone, but um, it feels good not to have them in you. So uh, there's, there's that, I guess. Unfortunately, I don't agree with Adam on the idea that Twitter has to join the Federation. I think I think Twitter is probably fine as is in terms of in terms of their user engagement and everything because most people don't want to have to think about like which site are they going to join even if they're still able to contact people everywhere else. It's just so much simpler for the majority of people to just go, oh, hey, Twitter, I'm going to join this and and just pretend that the rest of us don't exist at all. But for those of us who actually have a clue, 
the more that we get off of Twitter and use the Fediverse primarily or or only use the Fediverse as you're now doing, that's uh, that's about best we can hope for. The the two things Twitter has that you don't get out of Facebook and some of these other sites. You, I guess Instagram has some of it too, but you're basically looking at celebrities and strangers. So I'm either looking at famous people or I'm looking for uh, people I haven't met or maybe new people that I want to meet um, who are you know just like you and me. Maybe I want to follow them. And if you don't care about celebrities, there's no reason to be on Twitter because there's better strangers on these other sites, like the Fediverse. True uh, that. Fediverse organizations. But that's my two cents. All right. Well, we got some topics today. We sure do. We got some. We got a whole bunch of tech news. Yeah. You, uh, I, you, I put in a story for this show, and you, uh, you brought it up on. I think it was the. Grumpy old Ben's uh, Christmas special. This Grump, was the, Grumpy old Ben's on Monday. Yeah, the go, not the Christmas special. Uh, was it the GoDaddy? That's what I was yeah. referring to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, we I, we talked a little bit about that. I think that was on Monday. It could have been the. Uh, it could have been for that time that I was on the stream on Friday before heading off to family. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that was Monday. Yeah, let's go, because we're talking about podcasts. I didn't mean to jump in at that early, because we're talking about podcasts. We had uh, Grumpy Old Ben's had their Christmas, we'll call it the Christmas special. What it really was is the Darren O'Neill lost his internet connection special, and so everyone got on the stream to bullshit. Yeah, he was comcastrated. <laughs> He's comcastrated. Uh, it's a new meaning to uh, cord cutting. The yeah. <laughs> So uh, I think that's unreleased. I don't, it doesn't sound like uh, they're going to release the uh, the recording. Maybe they'll play it some other time for, for filler, but it was fun. You were on the stream. I was actually on the stream after you left. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, for the person who needs to be thanked for that, really, more than anyone, is Carolyn Blaney. Yeah. It was being actually run through the Hog Story Discord. Yep. Of course, uh, Carolyn Blaney is of the Hog Story podcast with John Fletcher, and they have uh, they just had an episode, episode 144, Prolab Bubble, that was recorded on Monday, released on Tuesday, I believe. Uh, we got 268 yep. days since the last episode of Maps with Matt. And Nick the Rat, I couldn't get a read on his, uh, his events tonight, so his whole section's blank. Nick the Rat's up to something. He's up to something every single night, so you can call him and He's always out. up to something. Yeah. Him and those dark sewer scientists. Yeah. You know, those dark sewer scientists, I wonder if they can poach anyone from f this Fona company. You know, the dark sewer has a flavor lab, right? I'm not sure if they have a flavor lab. Well, this is prime recruit. This is Operation Paperclip for the dark sewer scientists. Get those guys from Fona as they, uh, as they escape the McCormick behemoth taking over their small company. Yeah, they should. <laughs> Leave your job. Work in the sewer. Woo! -hoo. All right. So we were talking about this uh, story from GoDaddy. GoDaddy employees get fished. I wrote it as fish tested because it was pretty pretty bad. Uh, they do you want to run the story since you uh, you brought it up the last time? Yeah, sure. So yeah, only about five hundred employees actually failed the test out of uh, out of I don't know how many they have. But honestly, my thinking is, I'm surprised it was only that many. Yeah, yeah. It looks like the domain they sent it from was a GoDaddy.com domain, um, unless I'm misreading. Yeah, but that I mean, email. I mean, you can you can send an email address an email out from any address you want, and 
it works. It's just that there are things now in place that go, hey, based on this other information, this might not be legitimate. Yeah. Usually, the ones I've seen, um, I've gotten some at, at my various jobs I've been at, and usually they're from like a discountcomputers.com or some other, you know, uh, some some other URL, some other domain that they've, the, the company that they hired to uh, to put these things out to fish fish test their employees um, owns a bunch of these crappy domains and they uh, they send the emails from them. Yeah, which is what you should be doing for this sort of thing. So. From having it from GoDaddy.com and not having the, uh, if they were spoofing a domain, that would be kind of one thing, and it had a bunch of error messages or something, or if it had a, you know, this this might be from a spoof domain, you know, that would be one thing. But if it's coming from a GoDaddy.com email address, it kind of makes you say, you know, they're kind of being a little mean to these guys. Not that. It's more like they're not, they're just not figuring out how to do it properly to to send this out. And I, as a as a domain registrar, it's not like GoDaddy can't just go and create their own fake domains for this sort of thing, right? That they're actually using on the other hand, given the content of the message, maybe it does make sense for it to look like it comes from godaddy.com, but they should have sent it from from a server that wouldn't have all the stuff set up, like the SPF and everything, so that it would look like it's not a legitimate email. Yeah, it's like they could have sent uh, the the phishing email from the CEO or from you. Let's let's send an email from everyone's boss to them, that, and it'll be a fake phishing email. Oh, you lose or you clicked on it. You know, it, at at some point, it's not. Um, I won't say it's. If the goal is to get people to be suspicious of of this list of, uh, the, usually they say, oh, it's from some domain, it's about something you didn't know about. If it looks like official correspondence and it's from an official address and it turns out it was actually sent by GoDaddy itself, you know, how much of this is, is realistic to, to say that, oh, you failed a phishing test because of that? You're describing someone with this, this email for them to get inside this, the GoDaddy network and then send an email from inside that looks like it's coming from from themselves you know what it's like what are you doing it, it, if someone was already on the inside of their network they why would they bother fishing people to get i guess inside the network it just seems unrealistic to me i don't know maybe i'm just a stupid head yeah. well if you go down the article it also discusses a uh, a fish test that was done at uh tribune publishing yeah owners of the baltimore sun i believe and on honestly, like angry Tribune employees. Well, this is one that was even marked caution external sender, right? Despite having despite having what looks like a proper email address, including domain, and then like you look through it, and it's like you can see there's obviously things that aren't exactly right about it. Yeah. I, if you're if you're actually falling for that one, like, like you are you are you have no leg to stand on to complain about it. Let me try. I really screwed up what I was trying to explain earlier. When you're when you're doing these phishing tests, they're really not designed for technical employees. They're they're designed for the general employee, just the general person who uses email at a company. And you're 
you're training them to look for some, and you have a list of warning signs. Is it from an external address? Is it about something you didn't, you know, a part that you didn't order saying it was rejected at customs or something? Was it, and they have all the, uh, the different things that you're supposed to be looking for. And then the phishing test is supposed to, um, if you're being fair about it, um, sort of excite those different traits that you've previously trained everyone to look for and see if they really looked for them or they fell for it or not. And if you have something that doesn't exhibit any of the traits that, it, unless, Go, I guess I don't know what GoDaddy's uh, training they give to all their employees about phishing, I'm sure they have something. Um, but if the phishing test doesn't follow that list of what you were actually trained to, uh, to look for, then how is it a legitimate test? Yeah, looking at the looking at this uh, one that was sent out, like the screenshots of the one from GoDaddy, like the fact that it it has a GoDaddy address, it uh, it doesn't have any sort of flags in the email client that say, "Oh, hey, this might not be legitimate," right? Mm -hmm. It's got like branding that you'd expect. Uh, the one the one thing that does seem that does seem off is just how it's happy holiday instead of happy holidays. That'd be the one thing that I would catch, but otherwise, like I I look through this and and honestly, like I could have fallen for it. I look at the one from Tribune Publishing and I'm like, yeah, this is obviously a scam. So yeah, you're probably right that uh that GoDaddy kinda was a shit with this. Yeah, I think they were. I think it was even mean to, to have that. And, uh, it, it, you know, like I said, you could send something from the CEO and say, hey, guys, uh, we're, you're all getting a bonus. And then to say, oh, later, sorry, that was a phishing attempt and you're stupid for clicking on it. You know, at some point, you're just uh, you're just harassing your employees and there's no legitimate security policy. You're backing up with it. You're just being mean to people. Anyway, that's my two cents. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, we have we got a... other news too to cover. Oh, yeah. You want to bring a topic? I got a couple more I can throw in. Yeah. So do you know what the Chinese is for Arbeit Macht Frei? What is a what? Uh, Arbeit Macht Frei. Work will set you free. Oh, uh... because essentially because essentially that's what's happening to more people making iPhones in China. Uh -huh. Apparently, one of the one of the parts for the iPhone is being made with forced labor. You, well, well, they have a choice. They can either they can either do forced labor or be sent to detention centers, and that's what that's the latest out of uh, out of how China is treating the Uyghurs. And how did Tim Cook we, respond to this uh, to this news? As far as I know, Apple so far is denying the claims. Tim Apple himself hasn't said anything, Tim but Apple. but Apple spokesman Josh Rosenstock said the company has confirmed that Lens Technology has not received any labor transfers of Uyghur workers from Xinjiang. So this is and, a, a Chinese, just so I can understand this, we're talking about Apple manufactures their phones in China using yep. local Chinese companies. And so they contract some company from China to assemble the phone or to make parts for the phone. Um, yes, in this case, in this case, Lens Technology is the glass supplier. Yeah, or and, one of the glass suppliers. 
and when it it's it almost seems routine at this point uh it seems like every couple months someone come points out oh yeah this company over in china that your big tech is using to do all their uh their assembly they're mistreating people by this way or they're they're doing something just unethical and uh News stories usually just stick around. Get, they get squashed because no one wants to pay attention to it. Or they just get their they just get their labor force from the government, which essentially has the same sort of concentration camps as Nazi Germany did in the 30s and 40s. Yeah. And I've I've read up on I I was reading up as well lately on the sort of labor camps that. China has had since the days of Mao and like the sort of the sort of shit like uh, those people go through it and it's the same sort of extermination through labor that Nazis were doing to gypsies and Jews and others they considered undesirable mm. it, it's absolutely disgusting honestly and the fact that Apple continues to make so much of its stuff in China, just like another reason why nobody should be buying Apple at all until they completely move their supply chains out of that country. Because no matter how you cut it, one way or another, you're going to end up finding stuff being traced back to slave labor in one part of the country or another by people that the CCP would like to have killed. Yeah. I don't know. I'm I'm completely on board with this. Uh, I don't think that we should be doing sweet deals with a country that acts the way they do. Mm -hmm. You're getting me dangerously close to having a political talk on this show, too. Yeah, well, I've said it before, and I'll say it again. Nixon should not have opened the gates to China. That was a big mistake. Well, what about, let's see. I'm trying to find a, a good segue from China. All I've got. Well, the other, the, uh, the other new, the other piece of news is also dealing with East Asia, not China, but South uh, South Korea this time. Mm -hmm. So I learned just recently that that Samsung is the chip producer for Nvidia. Sure. Oh, and I've heard the, I've heard this story. I think I know where you're going. Yeah. So back in the summer. Half a million uh, RTX 3000 series graphics cards just, like, went completely missing between Samsung and NVIDIA. And lo and behold, they were just discovered recently on a dock in some, uh, in some uh, port in South Korea in a unregistered cargo container. Hmm. It looks like clerical error is to blame for this, but yeah, by half a million NVIDIA graphics cards, just because somebody forgot to fill out some paperwork, just disappeared. And then when a, when a worker at the port saw, hey, there doesn't seem to be any registration for this container, what's in it, opens it up and finds like all these graphics cards. Yeah, I've seen the uh, the photo where it's just, it looks like the inside of a shipping container is just piled with boxes that say NVIDIA, stacked yep. all the way up to the back. So I don't know if that was 500 million, I don't know. If, was it multiple containers or one container? I believe just one container. Yeah. 
how it was supposed to be five oh five hundred thousand. Eh, maybe yeah. there could be that in there. I don't know. I'm sure we can get an estimate of how many cards would be in each one of these boxes and then how many boxes there are on this container. Oh well. So that's the Christmas miracle is what they're calling it. The uh the Christmas miracle for uh the lost NVIDIA cards. People thought they were gonna weren't gonna get them uh Damn it. I need to stop putting stuff. What are up you there. doing? Well, I had my uh hard drive and my harmonica fell off my uh desk or off my uh this little stand i have you have a hard drive harmonica well i have some they're actually ssds they're not really hard drives those when i change out the show i m went to removable drives and so i have my normal one and then i have another one which has linux that doesn't boot on it and then i have the rare encounter drive in right now and i also have a harmonica ah. I thought I was supposed to be the JCD of this show. <laughs> oh, brother. Well, we had a KISS concert. Oh, con brother. Did you see the uh, the news about this KISS concert they want to do on, uh, in Dubai? The New Year's Eve no, KISS concert? The, you're the first I'm hearing about it. Yeah, so uh, this cropped up in Variety. Um, I guess it's old news because it was posted in November, but I saw it. It's, I guess, making the rounds again. KISS is doing a big concert in Dubai, and it's uh, it has all these things about it which are annoying to read about, like they're socially distancing the uh, the workers while they're uh, assembling the stage and all this, so I kind of skim over that stuff. But the uh, idea was they're going to have a giant show, and it's going to have uh, a, the biggest pyrotechnics thing ever, and they have a shitload of cameras they're going to film it with, and they're going to uh, live stream the whole thing. And I posted in my show notes the price list that I got off the bottom of the article, um, which is for the pay-per-view. So what they're going to do is stream this concert live as it happens, but then because Dubai's in a different time zone, they're going to give you the privilege of replaying it for up to 24 hours if you pay them $39.99 for the, uh, the pay-per-view price. You can then choose within the next 24 hours when to watch it. And... Uh, the price list is kind of annoying. It's uh, it's a live stream event, so I suppose you could record it yourself. You know, if it's playing on your screen, you can do a screen capture of it. But they want to sell you. It's thirty nine ninety nine to to have twenty four hours of access. Forty nine ninety nine for seventy two hours of access. Two hundred fifty dollars is their gold VIP package, and that gives you thirty days of unlimited replays, mind you, of the same concert. They also give you a DVD. Uh, which I don't know why that's not a Blu-ray. They give you a DVD and a, a T-shirt and a poster. So, but that's not even the most expensive package they have for this. The streaming they have the nine hundred ninety-nine uh, dollars and apparently nine. I guess it's nine hundred ninety-nine mils. Yeah, it's nine hundred ninety-nine cents and one ninth of a cent. <laughs> nine, te nine, nine tenths, tenths of, of a, a cent. cent. Yeah, there you go. Get the fraction right. Uh, and this is their platinum VIP package that you can get 30 days with unlimited replays. And then they give you a DVD with the book and everything else and the t-shirt and the hoodie and a bunch of other crap. They give you a vinyl. You get your name the in the credits. Yeah. What is this? Kickstarter? Sounds like it. <sighs> oh, well. Maybe it is a Blu-ray and they're just saying DVD. Because why else would they be recording it in 4K? Yeah, if unless it's to put on a DVD 
Yeah, I don't know. There's I... no point in recording in 4K if it's going on a DVD. I mean, DVD just pushes standard def, never mind, like, 1080p, which is how they're streaming it. I just have this sinking suspicion it's actually a DVD. Uh, I don't know where it comes from, it's just... If you're gonna pay basically a thousand dollars, you're a tenth of a cent short of one thousand dollars to watch a pay-per-view Kiss concert. You know, it short says one tenth of a cent. Uh, one tenth of a cent. One th <laughs> the uh, I don't know your name. Oh, your name is in the DVD credits. They double down on the DVD. I think it might actually be DVD. I don't know. Let's find out. We don't have a red book, but we could put it in if we did. Yeah, but then it would also mean we'd have to order one of these to find out. <laughs> yeah, someone's. I'm not play. throwing. I'm not throwing my money away on this. One thousand dollars. Yeah. Well, I don't think this is the future anyway. This is. Uh, this is not the way I want to consume a concert. I want to first. I would be there. That would be one thing. If it was a thousand dollars for the backstage pass or to, even for the the front row tickets, you know, Kiss could probably get that. But the. Uh, you know, more than are, anything, no I concerts. think what this is, I think what this is, is just Dubai being Dubai. But this is for the streaming audience. If you were in Dubai, you could actually just get a ticket and go there. Or what you're saying is the promoters, the people running the concert are in Dubai, and this is how they think. And this is how, this is how they structure their prices. The latter. Yeah, yeah. That could be. I, I'm all... I like this idea that I talked to you uh, offline about it. I mentioned on, on a show earlier about uh, trying to do music releases through an RSS feed, like do an album over RSS with lightning, uh, with a lightning node, uh, you know, podcasting 2.0 payment built, built into it in some way. I've been looking into doing that a lot more and trying to figure out how it's going to get done. Not nothing to report yet, but the other part is getting the music written too. So it's ongoing work in progress. Definitely, you should be talking to uh, Dave Jones over on uh, podcastindex.social. I thought I, I'll reach out to them when when I have something to show. I'm not going to say, hey, I might do I here's an album that I didn't write yet. <laughs> can you help me promote it? But yeah, I'm hoping that I can get some help uh, from these guys. Dave Jones or Adam or someone like that. I don't know. I'll email them and find out after I have something to show. That's my thing. I'm not going to show up empty handed. Fair enough. And that's the main stuff I've been into, aside from uh, some anime, and uh, I've got some other throwaway stories we can throw in later. Yeah, but, uh, well, let's jump over to some anime right now. Mm. Yeah. Well, I watched some uh, some new stuff. Uh, I had the standard standard anime, but I actually watched jumped on High Dive, and I got um, some clips of The Ambition of Nobuna. Have you heard of this show? No, no, it, I have it not. It is an Iseki, I think it's based off a of manga, um, though I might be wrong about that, but it's animated by Madhouse, and it has, it never hit me until I watched this that Madhouse does have a pretty distinct style, and, and I never, um, you know, it's hard to describe. Maybe I should have got a screenshot so I could show you, but the premise is this um, boy, I guess kind of high school age uh, guy, excuse me, hit the cough, has, uh, wakes up at, you know, the first second in the show, he, he wakes up and he's in the middle of this battle in the, uh, in the, 
some field in Japan and he's, he's surrounded by historic figures and he realizes because he plays video games uh, that uh, that this is some significant battle and the guy he's talking to is a uh, is a uh, um, historical figure and so he's concludes that he's been he's been isekied back in time to this era uh, what's it called the uh, now I'm going to mess up the name. I had it on the tip of my tongue earlier. It's this warring period of Japan where you had all these different states. Warring uh, states period. Yeah. What was the Japanese name for it? It's like the, uh, I can't remember. It's a. Uh, yeah, I don't remember. I just know, I just know that the time period is like sometime in the 1300s through to uh, 1615. They had, um, I don't think it was the Warring States period. I think the Warring States period was in China. Uh, anyway, it doesn't matter. So he uses his knowledge of this video game because he was playing RPGs and historical RTS sorts of games to uh, to manipulate the outcome of various battles. And he finds out some of the characters uh, that he recognizes from history are kind of gender-bent versions of themselves. So he has uh, one character, turns out uh, the main, main heroine is actually supposed to be this hero who who unites japan and so anyway what i'm getting to is i went and uh listened to the dub of it and you were talking about bad uh bad acting on the last episode i think when i brought in the megumin clips you didn't like how she was cast so i brought these in just to torture you because this is something i can't agree i don't like the way this dub went so we just have i got some examples here's a bad acting uh -oh. one bad acting one <laughs> Dreams without people to believe in them are simply personal ambitions. I want you to guide her to those blossoms. I'll do what you ask, but I'm still taking you back to her with me. No, I'm not going anywhere with you. Both of you are stubborn, and it's so obvious you love each other. No, I'm not going anywhere with you. <laughs> what the uh, fuck? Yeah, it's bad. It is bad. Oh, it was the Sengoku period. Sengoku, that, that was it. Um, they had a character who... They, she was different. She has a lisp. Listen to this. Someone has to get the information back to her about the location of the base camp. The base camp. The base camp. The base camp. And at first it threw me through a loop, but then after a while it got a little endearing. I got... She's yeah. the Japanese uh, She's the girl. Japanese version of Biggest Dickus. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hail Fever. I was a thrub in his tweez shade. As he was a mighty samurai, I was a Tenobi that carried out his will in secret. We two were the destined to grow together. That was our promise to each other. <laughs> that was our promise oh, to each she's other. Got the, she's got the Pontius lisp as well, with the R's turning to W's. <laughs> yeah. Oh, jeez. And this, the animation is fun. The The story's actually good, but the the English dub of this comes out a little, I don't know, dry. Horrible? Yeah. Some of these are, it's also an etchy series too. So there's a lot of stuff that, mm, I, in some world it's humor. Uh, I don't know, just stuff like this. Have you seen Katsuie's boobs? As an elder, she eats good food, so her boobs just bounce and like they have their own ecosystem or something. <laughs> that was the main oh, character. Brother. That was the main character. Uh, he's a, they call him the monkey. And so they, they're always referring to uh, the monkey. Look. I'm bored, and when I get bored, I feel like I want to kill a monkey, okay? Good lord. Good lord, yeah, indeed. I don't know, there's... there's okay, it's an etchy show, which means I probably did, like, see it when I was going through shows when it was going to air. Mm -hmm. 
And there must have been something about it that just made me think, no, I don't actually want to watch this. And hearing these clips, well, it seems like it seems like past me was quite justified in that decision. Didn't any of you try to stop her from coming? Of course we tried. <laughs> oh my, how lewd. Yeah. I don't know. There's some other ones. They're they're uh I got more examples of the bad, bad ones, but I did. I'll just won't torture you much with those. I also watched um, a couple episodes of, sh what was it called? Sugar Fairy? Uh, it was that 2002 anime about the girl in, I think they're from Belgium, and she finds a f sugar fairy that only she can see. Do you know what I'm talking little, about? It's like Little Sugar Fairy. Little Snow Fairy Sugar? Yeah, Little Snow Fairy Sugar. I think they're in Belgium, but the only reason I think that is because they only talk about waffles. Why should I waste my time with your silly inventions? I want to eat waffles with Norma and Anne. And the whole first episode mainly revolves around waffles. So, it was fun, though. You can't just stand by and watch people make a mistake. You know there is a there is a pretty hilarious AMV for that show. <laughs> there were there were a couple used, of them. Uh, yeah, used meaning of life by Disturbed. <laughs> my favorite one is the uh, my well first my favorite meaning of life AMV is the Hamtaro one just to get that out of the way, and second my favorite uh, was it Snow Fairy Sugar. Uh, AMV was the one where they have her she's dancing on a miniature piano, and they mash that up with. In the end, by Lincoln Park. I think I saw a snip of that latter one in one of the AMV hells. Yeah, it was a bit in the AMV hell. Uh, so I, yeah, that was fun. I'd probably watch more of uh, of uh, the Snow Fairy show. It seems comfy. It's actually incredibly comfy for a show, um, and it was immediately recognizable as something from like the 2000 the early aughts era so i thought it was 2001 or two and it turns out it was 2002 um it's something about the style no you, it turns out it's both I, i'm looking at uh, the book of knowledge right now it started airing in october 2001 and finished up at the end of march 2002 oh yeah i didn't even look at that i saw the uh the published date i think then uh, maybe of the DVD, but the, um, yeah, it's, I'm going to come with more clips for that next time. It's actually kind of fun. It reminds me of card captors in a way, just the animation. Well, looking the... at, yeah, looking at the animation definitely has that kind of look to it. It was animated by JC Staff. Mm -hmm. I don't know if they did, oh, they did another show that I really enjoyed. Oh yeah, what was uh, that? Starship Girl Yamamoto Yoko. I'm not familiar with that one. No, that was back in 1999. Starship I only Girl. found out about it much later, and it's really enjoyable. It's 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 not isekai so much as time travel. So this girl from the 90s gets uh, gets sucked out to 2999 AD to. Uh, to fight in the space war games that are being held in place of actual warfare between two different uh, factions. And the reason why they brought her from the past is because people in the future have much worse uh, uh, reactions. Like, what's the word? Like, you know, when you automatically react to something. Reflexes? Yeah, like 
much much slower reflexes in uh, in that time. And so she and then a few others that she knows end up also going ahead to the future every so often to participate in these war game fights. This sound, so this was from the 90s you said? Yeah. The series uh well there was a couple of OVAs and then there was an actual 26 episode TV series. The TV series ran in 1999. The OVAs the first the first three episode OVA was 96, the second was in 97. This is uh, something I might want to check out. You're going to have a, uh, something in the show notes about it? I want to find out if yeah, this absolutely. is on High Dive or something. I'm, I'm definitely going to have to throw it into the show notes. I don't think it's on High Dive. I, I looked, but gonna, I don't think it's on there. You'd have to, you'd have to, to, check, you'd have it to check it out yourself. A few other shows, a few other shows that, uh, that, are also, that are also good that were done by them back in the day was, of course, they did... Uh, as a manga dio. Oh yeah. And then later on, Melody of Oblivion, which they which they co-produced with Gainax and Starship Troopers. Or sorry, Starship Operators. Starship Troopers <laughs> is something completely yeah. different. I remember Starship Operators, uh, but I don't remember what it was about. I guess I can surmise it from the name, but I, I remember hearing about it and I just I'm blanking on what it looked like or what it what it what it was even about. Well, I'll throw some links to them in the show yeah. notes as well. I like that old anime. Uh, Melody of Oblivion, that one was... Uh, it was definitely Gainaxi. This is the robot... And not not in the sense of, like, of like classic Gainaxing with the boobs that are going, like, in opposite directions at the same time, but rather in, like, the mindfuckery. Yeah, Gainax and JC staff. I pulled that one up on Wikipedia. Yeah, that's another yeah, one for the I show notes. I loved watching that one. Well, you know, Gynix, uh, they sure had a spectacle of an ending on a lot of their shows. You know who didn't have a spectacle of an ending? Who? It was uh, Day I Became God, or Day I Became a God. I, I was oh, no. My notes. Well, I think the ending was not as bad as some other people uh, have posted about online on various uh, forums and things I've read. The way they concluded it was the uh, Hina, the, the girl, uh, the heroine, uh, ends up leaving the hospital and going back home and uh, living as, I guess she she's, she has key aids. I mean, they completely copped out on giving her a real illness again. So, But apparently she has some sort of, the, from the way they treat her inside the show, it seems like she has a sensory processing disorder um, of, of a fictional variety. And they... Uh, yeah, they, it's key aids. It's it, She's sick because the story needs her to, to be... Uh, sick and feeble yeah um, but what even is like a sensor a sensory processing disorder oh like are there any real ones that you could name yeah. so i could get some sort of idea oh like um uh, some autistic uh children have problems processing um touch and feel uh they have problems um i don't know, doing things like chewing and stuff because they don't they uh they just process they experience you know their senses differently from other people and so it's seems like that's what she has is is she hears you know people talking but she doesn't quite process that um exactly what they're saying and she you know it's it's like they okay. took a they took a severely autistic um 
set of symptoms and they kind of mixed it around a bit so it would fit with the plot. And then they called it, um, I forget what they called it. It was like, uh, it was some, other, some, I think it's some fictional disease they just made. It's key AIDS. And AIDS. it seems like, I don't know, in my opinion, they could have gotten more mileage out of this show as if they actually just made it a real, uh, disease or a real sickness instead of, you know, because at the end of it, so she's slowly recovering and, and she's, you know, wheelchair bound and everything, but the uh, the hero of the show goes off to university. He resolves he wants to pass his entrance exam so he can become a, a researcher and find a cure. And that was the ending. And a lot of Aww. people, a lot of people didn't like it. And I'm pretty sure they wanted her to die because it's key. Because that's what all. Oh, these... so it wasn't. So what you're saying is it wasn't sad enough for them? No, it was a, it was a happy ending. It no, was... I don't know about happy from from the way you're describing it. But it's not it's not a complete downer ending. So here's the pa- I was thinking about this. The pattern of the story of the day I became God, um, including the backstory. And some of this happens off screen, but I started putting it together. And it, the pattern that they're following is Flowers for Algernon. Do you know what that book is? I've heard of it. I, I should, but I have not yet read it. Yeah, that was a sci-fi. Um, I forget who wrote it. I should know it. It's on my bookshelf. Um, and it was a, the story of a mentally handicapped person and he's it's his diary and so he's writing inside and and everything's misspelled but as the the entries go on and on you can tell he's getting smarter and smarter and smarter and then at one point you know as you get kind of close to the midpoint of the book he is the expert in the disease he has and he's he's saying you know i've I've just discovered that this experimental treatment that they tried on me and now it worked so well i'm actually doing the research uh and telling everyone else what to do like he he's he becomes incredibly intelligent to the point where he realizes that it's a temporary fix and he's gonna go relapse and then there's the downhill end of the book with the kind of the sad end where where the entries start getting vaguer and then suddenly he doesn't know where he is anymore and he says yeah they tell me they're nice to me here in this padded room you know and that's kind of what happened in the day i became god is prior to the first episode we find out later through some flashbacks is that she already had this illness and she was born that way and then through the efforts of the scientist who had because of because Key produced the anime, he dies, you know, off screen somewhere before it starts. So he can never of be course. consulted, right? For plot reasons, he uh, he's he's conveniently killed off before he can do anything. Um, has so the special treatment that makes you better, but it's only temporary. So she gets one summer, as it turns out what it was. And then at the end of the summer, she's, she goes back to the hospital. Um, and there's other things going on with a computer chip inside and outside of her head that is less important to the... Uh, the characters in the story but that's the pattern that they follow is the flowers for algernon and you're right it's not quite a happy story but it's not quite a sad story either no that's what i'm saying it's not it's not it's not like a total downer ending no and that's what and people want and you're making it sound is it making you're making it sound is like all these other people wanted a total downer ending oh yeah they and wanted, they're complaining that that's not what they got they wanted clanad they wanted air what was the other one canon they wanted all these what was the one John Madeira wrote? He wrote Moon by Tactics, that visual novel. Like, all these terrible things where just bad things happen to to people and they suffer and then that's it, you know. And he didn't 
I think that's what the disappointment comes from is they wanted it to be tragic and it wasn't. That's my review for all 12 episodes of Day I Became God. Also, they stretched the ending in. They, it was really only out of the last three episodes, two of them were bad. The rest of the series was really good. So it's like, eh, you know, is it still worth watching? I think it was. That's good. At least it means it wasn't a waste of your time watching the show. Yeah. Well, it, it, there was something I realized when I was finishing up another show, because Strike Witches also finished uh, this week. The ending of Strike Witches had more emotional impact than the ending to Day I Became a God. So maybe that tells you something. <laughs> <laughs> and that was finally they, they saved Berlin. Woohoo! It was an action Yay! action flick. Uh, one character gets shot and then it looks like she's going to die, but then she doesn't. Spoiler alert. But still a fun show. I'm looking forward to more Strike Witches. Um, though in typical uh, fashion, they're going to milk that franchise to death. They already have well, a, of course. They have a short series coming out uh, next season. I think it starts in January, actually, where uh, it's I think it's in between combat. It's like the slice of life version of it. And then who's making it shaft i think this winter is making a uh or this coming winter is making a strike witches prepare yourself idol anime it's the strike witches uh band really yeah that's my reaction so uh is this what we wanted i don't know i don't think that's what i wanted maybe someone else wants it uh, we'll see but um, well it could be worse <laughs> could it it could be it could be a love life crossover. Oh jeez. Yeah, I was reading about uh about love life fans in Japan and how nobody wants to date them because they're too crazy. <laughs> oh lord. I have to dig that up now. Well, that reminded me here's a clip from uh Ambition of Nabuna uh where did I put that one? Uh -oh. I was going to play this. Another one? Well, yeah, I was going to play it and I didn't, but here we go. So, he dressed down for her, and she dressed up for him. That should be interesting. And he just summarized all my relationships. <laughs> 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 but, um, oh, lordy. Yeah. Um, what are you doing with them under your armpits? I didn't want you to wear cold sandals, all right? Ugh, you disgusting ape! You were enjoying the smell of my feet, weren't you, you pervert? Uh, well, the <laughs> the, That's great. <laughs> it's not great. It's that's not. A, it's, a, it's hilarious. I don't know. I don't and that's great to me. Oh boy. Well, what else do we got? You want to do well, another I've anime? I still got or? a couple. Of, I got a yeah. I got a couple of uh, shows to talk about. Yeah, bring up. Uh, are these end of season uh, wrap ups? Um, one of them is sure. So I finished watching Tony Kaku Kawaii, and well, they're definitely hinting that there's going to be more of it in the future. This season, or if there isn't any more in the future, the entire show wrapped up with a whimper like seriously it was a clip episode <laughs> it was a narrated fucking clip episode it ended like seinfeld worse <laughs> worse at, hey. at least at least there was a framing story for for the seinfeld finale uh. this didn't have that this simply had 
a omnipotent narrator going and saying, let's look at these moments in this couple's past. Oh, boy. Yeah, like, talk about calling it in, right? Like, that was so phoned in that uh, that fucking Alexander Graham Bell is spinning in his grave. <laughs> Yeah, wasn't very wasn't very happy with that. It it's definitely a cute show, but honestly, if anyone if anyone's going to start watching it and they haven't already, uh, I'd say just just skip the last episode of uh, of the first season because it's not worth your time. <laughs> Meanwhile, another show that I am continuing to watch. Uh, finally, I'm starting to see the lewdness in it. Uh-huh. And this is, of course, Prisma Ilya. I did get... So, uh, I've, I've been saying how... I've been saying, like, how so far through the show, I haven't been seeing anything lewd about it. It's been a, it's been a pretty decent piss take on Magical Girls. And then Episode 7 happens. Jeez. And we end up with... Uh, we end up with, like... USB sex for the for the wands. <laughs> uh, looking at that, so I got those screenshots you sent me. I pull them yeah. up in the folder now. Let's go through <laughs> these. Uh, we got. Uh, by the way, I like the DVD resolution. <laughs> you really did get the DVDs, huh? Yeah, I really did. Yeah, yeah, uh, and then and then like what looks like not one but two attempted rapes on. Uh, on the other girl by Ilya. Well, and in in one of those, uh, Ilya's classmates walk in on them. It's a maid's job to care for the sick, right? Render your services. <laughs> as she as she jumps on her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Honestly, you can't go around harassing the maid. That kind of behavior. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Oh, you got a clip? Jeez, you can't go harassing the maid like that. That isn't in their job description. <laughs> of course, I've been watching it dubbed, but with things like that, I I had to uh, I had to grab like some audio clips. Yeah. Even even if I don't like the like I really don't like the difference of voice for uh, for Ruby and Sapphire versus the English dub voices. I'm looking at these. I've got, I've got another. I've got another. I've got another good bit longer clip um, from when uh, when the classmates walk in. This is pretty funny too. Why are you naked? Wait, is that a maid outfit? I'll never be the same. Is this roleplay? You got a sexy roleplay. I'm gonna take a few pictures. So hold still. S stop it. <laughs> oh well. I, I love that sad trumpet uh, ending <laughs> note there too. That's just like. Yeah. They take pictures of the maids. Yeah. Yeah, so that this was I mean, the second half of the episode is is not as lewd or as funny. Uh it gets all serious there. But I'm, uh the first the first half of episode 7, like I'm like, "Oh god, should I be watching this? Am I going to get in trouble for watching this?" And meanwhile, I'm like, on the other hand, laughing my ass off. But yeah, it's like some of those scenes I'm, I'm kind of expecting. FBI, open up! <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking at a file. The number ends in 866. 
And yeah. I think that's my pick for you. You asked my opinion on what should be in the show notes. I think that one's it. It gets the point across. <laughs> it does. Yeah. And the expression on and the expressions on their faces too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So we had um, those are those are my those are my anime discussions. Well, there's only one more bit of news for for anime um, that I was going to bring up, which is that uh, Neon Genesis Evangelion 3.0 plus 1.0 had a new trailer. I put the link in my show notes. I don't know if you got to it or not. I didn't really send it to you. I just put it in my notes. Did you get a chance to see it? I didn't watch the trailer, I have to say. Uh, it's a short one. Um, it shows some clips. It shows some CG um, that I wasn't a big fan of. They have clips of, I think it's uh, Asuka and Mary moving in um, in uh, zero G. And you can tell they use uh, just CG models for some of it. And it's, I don't know. It didn't look as good as the uh, some of the other animation I've seen for this show or for, for this movie. Um, but other than that, it, I'm excited. The release date is January 23. Uh, there's still no news on an American premiere. I went and looked again just to be sure. And I don't see any reference to uh, a premiere in any theater in America, let alone near me. Oh, that sucks. Doesn't it? Yeah. Sucks to be me. Well, we had some other things. Uh, I was going to bring up some AI, uh, programming fails. And I don't know if you... Are yeah, I've got my, an AI story myself. Yeah. So let me open this up. I put these in my show notes. I, I have a PDF file that I actually compiled a couple of years ago. And so this is dug out of uh, my archives. But this is just a table of machine learning uh, things, machine learning projects that didn't the machine didn't learn what it was supposed to do. And so we have things like... Um, the robotic arm was trained to slide a block to a target position on the table, but it achieves the goal by moving the table itself instead of by articulating the arm. You know, it's usually simulation failures and things like that, where you have um, like a character who is going to walk or they're trying to make uh, a pattern that makes the character uh run as fast as it can and so they adjust the bone size using an optimization algorithm how tall are the legs how how are these muscles and so within um some constraints of the simulation they start evolving different characters and they try and create one that makes the uh that runs the fastest and what the algorithm actually ended up doing was making because it was set to optimize the forward velocity they said well we made a character that is in extremely tall and it falls forward <laughs> To achieve maximum velocity, it falls over. You know, crap like that. And so the the list, I think it's like 45 long, so I cannot go into uh, to all of these, but I was going to put a link in the show notes if anyone wants to look at these. There's a couple of highlights that I thought were funny. One of my favorites is it's uh, these data order patterns uh, line. It's line number nine here, where it's neural nets evolved to classify edible and poisonous mushrooms took advantage of the data being presented in alternating order and didn't actually learn any of the features of the input images. And that was in Bravo. The, uh, yeah. There's a lot of, like, here's another one. It was the game-playing agent uh, accrues points by falsely inserting its name as the creator of high-value items. So it's doing something with the, uh, the, uh, the game code instead of actually playing it the right way. <laughs> it's cheating. Yeah. Characters, creatures... Well, here's one. Sonic the Hedgehog. 
Uh, algorithm discovers I can slip through the walls of a level to move right and attain a higher score. Yeah. Creatures exploited physics simulation bugs by twitching, which accumulated simulation errors and allowed them to travel at unrealistic speeds from The Sims. <laughs> well, I guess Sims nice. is the name. Maybe it's not from The Sims. It's from a guy named Sim. From Carl Sims. Okay, there you go. Yeah, there's some of these are pretty fun. Yeah, we're, we're definitely putting this in the show notes. So what do you got for AI? So I actually got I actually got a, a interesting uh, an interesting paper off of Arxiv towards fully automated manga translation. Ooh. Yeah. So what this is about is they're looking at how they can actually uh, take care of uh, translating translating manga in a uh, in a holistic fashion rather than just taking the script and putting it through machine translation this is something that actually figures out uh, where the panels are and the word bubbles and uses context from those to determine what the appropriate translation should be for each sentence so rather than taking like an individual sentence and translating it taking the next sentence and translating it like most of these uh most of these systems that uh, are currently available for doing translations it'll actually take a series of uh sentences generally the preceding sentence or two and use that to determine context for the sentence currently being translated and on top of that, it's determining based off of tagging, based on like image detection algorithms applied to each frame of a page, to determine and to determine other factors such as like which pronouns should be used. Like, so if it if it's like appears that the that the person who's talking is male and is talking to or to a female or there's another female in the frame it'll it'll choose her instead of him right things like that and, so and it's not we're talking about cases where those pronouns might not exist in the japanese version so so it has to synthesize and make the right decision in english yeah exactly so i actually i actually read through the uh through the pdf mm-hmm for this and it's actually it's actually pretty interesting at least the parts that i could understand because i am not an ai researcher <laughs> no this is this is maybe something more along uh more along like uh comic strip bloggers uh, area of interest than my own other than the fact that i would like to have fully automated manga translation simply because there's so much uh manga out there that I would like to enjoy that just doesn't get translated at all. And no, not all of it is hentai. I'm just going to put it out there. Not all of it is hentai. Sure, maybe maybe three quarters of it is, but uh, still. Oh, boy. Yeah, it's, oh. it's actually it's actually really interesting. Taking care of the uh, taking care of the context that needs to be applied. And I mean, that is a huge issue with uh with Japanese to begin with, never mind when dealing with uh, with comics, right? Yeah, 
Because, like, you even look at, like, the sort of translations that you, if you take, like, regular Japanese text and put it into Google Translate, what you get out is, like, half of it, half of it or more is still just absolute garbage. And when you're trying to, when you're trying to take care of things like, uh, like actually applying context from images, it gets, it gets even worse. So these guys that did this, they they figured out a system. They created a couple of uh, corpuses for training as well, and they they tested different uh, different models for the translation, uh, both like the plain sentence and a few context-aware translation models. Two of which they uh, they came up with more or less themselves. Uh, one of which is already known in the literature known as the two plus two translation and so so this is definitely going in the show notes this, this is, is this is something that's ready for prime time this is is this something that you can like a website you can go to and upload panels and, and have them translated or is this something that exists no, on not a university yet. campus somewhere this is this is actually well i guess i guess university and uh, corporate so the authors, two of them are from a company called Mantra Incorporated. One of them is from Yahoo Japan. And the fourth one is from uh, University of Tokyo. Hmm. They've all been working on this project together. Any uh, any news, any suggestion when it's going to be ready for prime time? I'm not sure. I mean, there, there are issues that they even call out themselves. For, for example, it doesn't work well with... Uh, with frames that aren't rectangular. So if you've got like pages where you've got like frames that have like diagonal sides and stuff, unless it's unless it's fairly close to uh, vertical, it's going to screw up on on those like any of their parallelograms or triangular, right? Oh. Is one of the issues that they still have right now. Uh, tagging is another issue that they're that they're still having issues with sometimes like in one case they actually show because of the because of the tagging that happens for the frame image what they had to do was modify the frame to add in a male face so that it would use the correct uh, it would use the correct pronouns in the translation well, it sounds like what they need to do is get that working with those korean uh, manga because they don't have any horizontal panels. It's all one big vertical panel. Oh, the, the no, there's there's <laughs> comics like that in Japan as well, the cell phone comics. Yeah. It's it's not just a Korean thing. It's a giant Well, that's what I know it from. It's like But a, yeah, those are those are frustrating. It's like eight It's like uh just the the image is just as wide as your phone screen and then it's uh like a mile uh tall. <laughs> there's a few of those that are actually in English as well. Uh, I've seen them get translated, but are you saying they're written by uh, um, Westerners? Have you heard of Merryweathery? Nope. Okay, so so this is a person and or group that. Uh, okay, it's I'm, it's a per, it's a person. I'm seeing Floyd, Floyd Merryweather Jr. <laughs> no, a stalker ex stalker. Uh, the Internet Explorer comic. These are all blanks. I have never heard of any of these. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw these in the in the show notes. Stalker, put it up the show notes. 
Shove it up the show yeah, notes. Show knows. Oops. I, I meant show no, <laughs> notes. Yeah. Notes. Yeah, Stalker x Stalker is a webcomic by Mary Weathery and drawn by Princess Hinghoi. Princess Hinghoi. These are, these are their names on, uh, on Twitter. Hmm. I'm going to actually send you a link to Stalker x Stalker in uh, Skype right now. And people can take a look at them. Uh, I'll be putting notes in the show notes, of course. Webtoons. Stalker x Stalker. It's just the name reminds me of Spy x Spy or Spy vs. Spy. Stalker x Stalker. All right. No, that's fine. Yeah. So it's, it's, not ju- it's not just a Korean thing. It's not even just like an East Asian thing now. It's, it's happening with English webcomics at this point, too. Well, I had one, one last topic today I wanted to get to, which is a fun one. Uh, All right. Which is this uh, esoteric programming languages. And I don't want to go. It's another list of things. For, I brought two lists of things today. But uh, the esoteric uh, programming language on esolangs.org uh, is been a favorite website of mine for a while and it has a list of programming languages that maybe you wouldn't want to use for anything serious a lot of them are uh, based around a joke or uh, some kind of uh, you know we we made this language to be uh, because we we didn't think about whether we should do it we just decide we just thought about if we could do it you know that kind of thinking so they have languages that are Written entirely in white space, for example. I think there's one called white space that does that. Yeah, there's white space. Yeah. And uh, my favorite one, though, is the Arnold C. And that's what I wanted to highlight was uh, a language. Let's see. Do I get a direct link to it? It's a programming language. Yeah, I got it. Arnold C is an esoteric programming language. Uh, And it's based around quotes by Arnold Schwarzenegger it's essentially it's a c type language you know the way you have assignments and declare variables and things like that and so the lists of commands and the descriptions of them are uh they're all arnold quotes and so you have like the the false if you want something to be assigned the the value false it's i lied if it's true it's no problemo and so on they have uh, (laughs) else is bullshit (laughs) yeah yeah if you have a, it, the uh, addition operator is get up, the subtraction operator is get down. <laughs> the multiplication, yeah. you're fired. You're fired. Yeah, I'm looking through these and and like yes, I I recognize like so many of these. It's movies. like the, the print. If you want to print something, it's print is talk to the hand. <laughs> End main is you have been terminated. So it's. It's and like method, a... hostel of Easter, baby. <laughs> Return, yeah. I'll be back. Yeah. <laughs> the declare method. If you want to do a declare method, it's you type, listen to me very carefully. And so the idea behind this is that a functioning program written in Arnold C reads like Arnold Schwarzenegger's script for a movie. And uh, let's see. I think there is an example I, I want to put oh, it on. You are not you. You are me. <laughs> no shit. That's the uh, the uh, equality uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, operator. I guess the equals. It's the operator, not the assignment operator. And somewhere on this page, I don't know where the hell it went. It had a uh, sample program written in Arnold C. Ah. Oh, there's a link to Arnold C Wiki. Oh, maybe that was it. It's showtime. That's the beginning of the program. You know. 
Oh well. Yeah, here, here's one. Here's one. Hey, Christmas tree, var false. You set us up. I lied. Hey, Christmas tree, var true. You set us up. No problemo. <laughs> And that that setting that setting variables var false to false and var true to true. Yeah, here's one that performs an arithmetic operation. It's uh, it reads get to the chopper a. Here is my invitation for get up b. You're fired too. Enough talk, and that's the end of the program. And so that adds uh, a <laughs> equals four plus b uh, quantity times two. That's ridiculous. All right, all right. That was the uh, the idiocy that I brought for today. We can put that link in the show notes too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How about Brainfuck? Everybody oh. knows about it, though. Oh yeah. So Brainfuck is, I kind of like it. I, it's esoteric, but the uh, the idea of it, where you uh, you just have some very simple commands about uh, how to, you can either like write something. I, I like that it has a command to write a uh, random number. Like built into that it. is useful. Yeah. So brainfuck is you. You can all you can do is increment or decrement a pointer, or write or read. And I'm trying to think if there's anything else you can do inside it. Um, you can like copy something from a cell. You can then paste it down to another cell. But there's really not a whole lot else you can do. Um, and yet it's Turing complete. Yep. That's all you need. It looks like you yep. can implement. I think one of the ideas was you can implement it on a using a strip of magnetic tape as your uh as your working memory probably I, apparently the uh the creator uh created it for amigo os originally in wrote it in 240 bytes so 240 bytes of uh 68k assembly i guess jeez oh that's why I recognize his name, Urban Mueller, because he's also the guy who created the Aminet archive. Hmm. I don't know what that is. Uh, it's, uh, it's a big archive of software for the Amigos. Hmm. All right. Well, I'm ready to wrap it up today. You got any last, uh, last business? I got some last business we can bring, jump to if not. Uh, I've got. I had another thing that I wanted to discuss, but I think I'm going to have to push it to next episode because just a couple of minutes is not going to be enough time to give it justice. Yeah, we're going long today too. Well, yeah, I can tell. In that case, uh, coming up next, we've got your sports team is the Sherbrooke Pirates versus the Prince George Prince George Manticores, and until the good is gone from the word goodbye, I'm Abel Kirby, and until. Next week, I guess, because I have nothing clever to say here. I'm cold acid. Adios. Later. Later.